Hour 2 of the Rush on this championship Wednesday. OU Texas, 7.30 tonight on ESPN Women's College World Series. Game 1 of the championship series. What are the odds Britt Venables is out there tonight? Hi. I would think so. Yeah, I, I'd be surprised if he's not. Yeah, um, one, he's a guy that he's gone out of his way more than I feel like Bob always did this too, which is really cool. But more than any coach, maybe since Bob, Brent goes out of his way to give shout outs, not just to the team who's playing well, but to all the teams on campus. Uh, I feel like at the uh, caravan, he was wearing an OU softball jersey, as was uh, Porter Moser and Jenny Bronchek. I think that there's a real good chance that you see uh, Brent Venables out there tonight in an OU softball jersey getting some uh, camera time on ESPN, which never hurts. Practice what you preach, right? The holistic view of Oklahoma football and of Oklahoma athletics. And I do think that Brent Venables is very much invested, not just in what he and Oklahoma football has going on, but what the University of Oklahoma has going on. And you're right. It is really cool to see a head football coach that – you can believe that it's not it's not a political yeah. stance, right? It's not, hey, just I'm out in the public sphere here to be out in the public sphere selling Oklahoma football. He genuinely wants to see these other programs succeed. Yeah. And then you, you know, hear other coaches, regardless of the sport, saying, Oh, this is my dream job. I, I would I would never think to ever leave here. You know, when there's always speculations about a coach taking another job and the moment that they say I'm not taking the – what does he say? I'm not going to LSU. I for, it's been so long now I forget the exact words, but you get the point there. As soon as they say that, I'm not going to be the next head coach at LSU. That was it. Now I got kiss it. Kiss of death. That's the kiss of death. But Brent Venables, he, he said that this is his dream job, the job that he wanted, and we all genuinely believe that. I mean, there's, there's no doubt that this is the job he wants, and I think he's going to be here. Um, if he wins, as, as long as he wants to be here, man. And I, I don't think that he's going to be looking to, to jump for a job. But you always want that FaceTime on ESPN, man. And I think you take it anytime you can get it. And if Brent Venables is in the stands tonight, he's going to be getting some FaceTime. Bob Stoops was at the – was he at the Texas game last Saturday, I want to say, maybe? So maybe we get a Brent Venables and Bob Stoops signing at the game tonight. Huh? Ah, wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be great? The only two recent head football coaches that matter in Oklahoma history at all. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, at least since uh, 1999, right? That's correct. Yeah. Uh, I seriously feel like Brent Venables and Porter Moser can be brothers. What's funny about that is I feel like I said that even before there was a thought that Brent Venables would be the next head football coach. When Porter Moser was here, it was – he reminds me a lot of Brent Venables with just his overall energy and how he goes about things. And then, yeah, Brent Venables ends up being in the head coach. I, I feel like these guys would get along together really well. I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and guess that that's the case. They're certainly on the same caffeine re- regime, I think. Uh, over and under on how many football players are there supporting, I'd say under 10. Well, here's the deal. is The Women's College World Series, the dynamics of it have shifted so much. Remember, this was like, Josh, this was probably nine, ten years ago. I feel like the entire baseball team was sitting in the outfield when OU was playing in the Women's College World Series. Well, the demand for this sport and for this event has gone through the roof since there. So I'm not going to fault any of the football players if they're not there. One, they're getting killed by Schmitty right now, judging by their social media. But two, like tickets are really hard to get to this thing. You can't just 
pile a football team up there and expect to sit in the left field bleachers. That's not how this thing works. It's going to be sold out. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't think the crew out there at Hall of Fame Stadium has credentialed the Oklahoma football team for free passes to this game tonight. You're right. Yeah, the demand for Oklahoma softball, I mean, really for Oklahoma softball, right? The demand in this market by the OU fan base has driven ticket prices up. They're hard to come by. So, look, I'm not going to fault a bunch of OU football players for not, not getting in. We see Jordy Ball at all in this series? Oh, I, I think there's, yeah, a good chance you see her a little bit. But I don't think – I mean, obviously, I, I'm not anticipating that Oklahoma goes that direction to start in – well, certainly not tonight. And I, I don't think that they would go that direction to start maybe at all yeah. in this championship series. But I could see her coming in for a little bit of spot duty. I, I think we're going to see her at some point. I think the biggest outs – for this team and the biggest innings, Hope Troutwine is 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 going to be in the circle. Um, I did ask DJ Sanchez, who is the radio color analyst for OU Softball. She's amazing as well, just like Michelle Smith. I asked her yesterday on the Diamond Envy podcast. I said, well, hey, you know, G. Warras pitched a lot of innings last year in the back end of the Women's College World Series. Do you see maybe a similar situation for Hope Troutwine do you think that she's going to start all three games if there's three games? And she said, eh, yes and no. She kind of leaned towards no. She doesn't see Hope Troutwine starting all three games if we get to that if necessary. And I would I would probably tend to agree with that. And it probably, again, depends on how these games shake out. Like, if you told me right now there's an if necessary game, but OU wins tonight, then okay, that opens the door up to where maybe you don't see Hope Troutwine start each of the three games in a row. But if Oklahoma loses tonight, I think you turn around and go right back to Hope Troutwine tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I love this text. Is the football team loaning the golden hat to the softball team for the series? How incredible of a celebration would that be if you see Jocelyn Allo running around in the golden hats that soon as OU clinches this championship series against Texas? We oh got the, my God. How about this? We got the passing of the visor from Bob Stoops to Brent Venables. Let's have the passing of the oh golden hat from gosh. Brent Venables to the softball oh, team. Oh, it would be so awesome. Brent Venables passes the golden hat to Patty Gasso. Dude, that would be so cool. Whoever sent that, that's a pretty amazing idea, and, and I'm all for it. And knowing Brent Venables, how he's about all the other sports on campus, he might actually do that. But, hey, it's uh, when you've won, what, five out of the six uh, pa- previous OU Texas games, well, you're, you're allowed to do that because it's in your possession so much here here recently. Indeed, and oh, by the way, you just beat him for the Big 12 Baseball Tournament Championship too. Yeah, 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 exactly right. We won't mention tennis, uh, women's tennis, <laughs> uh, Yeah, and we won't w- mention men's golf, but yes, you got a chance to, I guess, get a little even here for sure. Text line, would BV be considered one of the top five coaches of all time if he wins one to two natties, including all the national championships he's been as an assistant coach. Um, so what's the top five look like right now? Saban's in the top five. Bear Bryant's in the top five. Barry Switzer is in my top five. I mean, he, he won three national championships. Some might disagree with that, but I think he's in the top five. Like some might say Bo Schimbeckler at Michigan there's not the success there, national titles-wise, that you think. I don't. Did Bo ever win? 
I don't know if Bo ever won a national championship. Tom Osborne, Nebraska. Yeah, yeah. The only thing is Tom really got owned by Barry Switzer while Barry was was at OU. But it's going to be hard to unseat Nick Saban. It's going to be hard to unseat Bear Bryant. We can agree with those two. They're definite. Um, Urban Meyer? No. Um, he did win a national championship at two different schools, but... Golly, his reputation has got to <laughs> come into effect here a little bit, well, right? Well, part of it's going to be what happens elsewhere. If Dabo Sweeney, post-Brent Venables, adds a couple to his collection, then he's a no-doubter yeah. in the top five. Um, To answer your question, one to two national championships I think is going to be tough to be top five of, of all time. Um, Is he going to be thought of as a great? Yes, absolutely. But when we're talking top five, Head coaches in college football history. That's a tough. That's a tough group to, to break into. Well, and top three head coach in OU history is a tough to to break into. For starters, he wouldn't be he wouldn't be in consideration unless he has multiple. So one to two national championships, not good enough. It's got to be two or more, and I think probably three end up. Yeah, Woody Hayes. Woody Hayes has got to be in consideration. Sure. Um, Spurrier only, does he only have that one championship at Florida in 96? I think he only, that's his only championship, but we know Steve Spurrier was pretty good. Bowden, uh, another. Bobby Bowden won two, 93 and 99 at Florida State. So I, I think for Brent Venables to be universally considered as one of the top five head coaches in the sport, he's probably got to win at a minimum three national titles here, most likely. But yeah. if you lead OU into the SEC and you dominate that league for a while and have some real consistency and win at a high level, then, I mean, it, it could be on the table, but we, we're a long way from, from that from that happening. And again, if you do that in the SEC, but you only come away with one national championship, then I still think it, it's going to be hard to make that argument. If he goes in transitions to the SEC and turns Oklahoma into you know one of the preeminent forces a la what Alabama has been and what it looks like Georgia has now morphed itself into under Kirby Smart okay if you pair it with a couple of national championships I I think probably three though is the yeah. number you got to look at I know text line Bud Wilkinson he won 47 straight he he's got his number of championships as well he's got three of them yes um he, he's definitely in consideration for that. Some might just say, well, that was a different era of the sport. I mean, it's a little bit different, but, I mean, Bud's got some claims that no one else in college football history has, so he's got to be in consideration for that. Where does Pete Carroll s- slot in for you? Uh, split in 03, outright in 04, got beat in 05. There's not, a lo- there's not enough longevity. To it, match a lot of these other to guys. To match, yeah. yeah. I mean, he would have had – if he would have stayed at USC and really built on that little three-year, four-year, five-year run that they had, then I think he would have had a real chance. But didn't didn't SC get sanctions when he left you? And I know a yes. lot of coaches have you know gotten in trouble with the NCAA in the past, so that doesn't totally el- eliminate someone for me. But I he he needs to be in the game longer. But that short little span that he was at USC, yeah, is pretty good. I mean, to me, it would. Uh, I don't know. This this could be up for debate, but. The dominance of those USC teams in that short window kind of has him for me right there with either Bowden or Spurrier. Newt Rockney at Notre Dame. Yeah, I, I saw they ESPN did a ranking last year of like the top, 
you remember this? Top 50, top 100 coaches all time in college football history. I feel like um, Tom Osborne was in the top five and Barry Switzer was out of the top 10. I'll have to go back and look at that, but it was. That sounds right. It was what? Barry owned. Tom Osborne. The only time, the only reason Nebraska broke through in the 90s, and they had some great teams, don't get me wrong, but it coincided with OU's decade where, you know, they, they weren't themselves. Yeah, the, the, one the, real the worst down decade, decade in OU history. You have to put that into consideration. Yes, Dr. Tom won three national championships in four years. That was pretty impressive, but he, he wasn't doing that when Barry Switzer was at Oklahoma. You got to factor that in, and that ranking that had him ranked higher than Barry Switzer. That's when I kind of lost all credibility for that one. It was, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've seen enough. Here. And when you're even in national championships, I mean, if you know Tom Osborne has one more, okay, well, there's your trump card. Yeah, um, as gross as it is, would you put Joe Paterno? No, I wouldn't. Here's why: Joe Paterno forever was built up as this just great head coach. He is Penn State football. He's a legend. He's a Hall of Famer. He won a lot of games at Penn State. But he didn't win a whole lot of huge games at Penn State. They won the national championship in 1986, got beaten in the Orange Bowl against OU in 1985. Like I think I think Joe Paul, did he just win one national just championship at Penn State? Just the one. And he was there like 120 years, right? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, growing up in the 90s, Joe Paterno was always built up as, oh, he's the greatest head coach in college football. He's one of the best we've ever seen. Well, maybe in Penn State history, but where's all the national championships to speak of? I wouldn't put Joe Paterno in because of all of those awful things that happen. But even if those things didn't happen – I don't think that the overall accolades warrant him being mentioned as a top five head coach in the sport. A lot of these other head coaches we've talked about, you can point to, you know, a five, six, seven year decade long window where the program was more dominant than at any particular stretch for Paterno and Penn State. He's got the longevity similar to a Bowden. Now, Bowden's got to beat in the national championships department yeah. as well. But that's when I think of both Bowden and Paterno, the number one thing I think of is the longevity, the incredible longevity for both as head coaches. It's not the the dominance over a five, ten year window for Penn State. Every, yeah, there's like text line, Bud Wilkinson, you psychos. Yes, I, I, I mentioned like it's going to be hard for Brent Venables to even pop into the top three of OU head coaches. We didn't forget about Bud Wilkinson, okay? We remembered what he did at OU, the 47-game winning streak, the three national championships, everything like that. But people are about to lose it on Twitter and the text line. Sorry we didn't mention Bud Wilkinson's name sooner, but yet we know that he's definitely in consideration for that five. We just assume that We just assume that you and everybody listening out there understood that Bud Wilkinson is clearly number one. Yeah, for sure. All right, 405-651-3439. More on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Uh, yeah, OU Baseball, Friday at 2 o'clock. Game 1 against Virginia Tech. We'll talk about that. More college football as well. Keep it locked on the ref. Cavens Construction bringing you hour number 2 of the rush on this championship Wednesday. Tyler McComas, Josh Helmer live on the ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. Uh, text line's getting silly right now, now that we're talking top five. You're forgetting about Tom Herman. I did laugh at that during the break. Dallas Bill says, What? Howard Smells of Bourbon didn't make the list. No Schnelly on this list. Though he did win a national championship at uh, Miami, right? 
So he uh, accomplished more than Tom Herman did in the uh, grand scheme of college football here. Sadly, I think he would make the list of top five most entertaining seasons at the University of Oklahoma. What Bill Snyder did at Kansas State is better than what Joe Paw did at Penn State. So I remember the 86 title for Penn State. They also won it in 82. So I'll ask you, is getting Kansas State a game away from the national championship in 90, 1998 more impressive or Joe Paul winning two national championships in like 65 years more impressive? 165 years for Joe Paterno. I'm pretty partial to Bill what Snyder. Bill Snyder did yeah, yeah, at yeah, yeah, Kansas yeah. State to take them from the dregs of college football to the precipice of, yes, a birth in that initial BCS national championship game. It's hard for me not to say Bill Snyder. I think it's Bill Snyder, too, just because he took over maybe the worst situation that college football has ever seen. And, again, 1998, they were a play away from playing in the national championship game that year. And not just like, – everyone brings up 1998. It's like you can't bring up that 98 season without mentioning Bill Snyder. But what was it, 2012? They were on the they were the number one team in the country in November before, before that they Baylor got game. they got skunked by Baylor on the road in Waco, but they won the Big Twelve championship that year, split it with OU, and played in the Fiesta Bowl that season. I mean, Bill Snyder had not one but two tenures at Kansas State where they were playing some high level high level football. And, and you know, of course, we know what happened in the Big Twelve championship game in two thousand three. Yeah, and, and uh, Bill Snyder was trying to make his rise when Nebraska was at its best. We've got to remember that. Nebraska's best decade, not even close, is the 90s, and that's when Kansas State was you know, really trying to make their run, and they did. So their, their best run coincided with Nebraska, one of their best runs as well. So and yeah, I do I'm, think, I'm about Bill Snyder. I do think, number one, you take into account what Kansas State was and what Bill Snyder morphed it into – and then I also think you have to take into account just location, proximity to recruits. I mean, the the difference in recruiting to Penn State versus Kansas State, it's not even in the, the same sport. Yeah, no, it's – no, 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 no. And, and Pennsylvania, it's not California or Florida or Georgia or anything like that. But Pennsylvania is a pretty good state for football talent. And you've got access to the East Coast. I mean, Pennsylvania is located in a pretty good situation. Manhattan, Kansas is not located in a good situation. To your north is Nebraska, where hardly ever great, any great players come out of there. To your west is Colorado. There's some good players that come out of Colorado, but not many. In the area, like your own state, Kansas, Kansas is not known for having just awesome football players up and down the roster. So, yeah, for, for them to be able to carve out multiple successful years, I'm, I'm down with putting Bills. I think he'd be at the back end of that top five, but he's in consideration, sure. Yeah. And the fact that Kansas State has sort of remained what it is, look, are they a national championship type contender, a legitimate Big 12 contender each and every season? No, I don't know that you can even do that at Kansas State. But Chris Kleiman has has got them in a situation to where the prestige of the two programs, Kansas State, 
It's right there. It's above a, a Texas Tech, uh, certainly comparable or above a West Virginia and a TCU. And I don't think that's a small feat for a program like Kansas State that at one point in time was nobody in the world of college football. In fact, they were thinking about shutting the program down. Mangino is on the text line. I'm reading it how it was typed. Um, you t- what Mangino was able to accomplish at Kansas, does it not look better and better and better as the year go- years go on? We knew that it was impressive at the time, but more and more as we watch Kansas football in the post-Mangino era, we're saying, dang, how did he pull that off? That was incredible. Yeah, and, and meanwhile, it just looks dumber and, and dumber that <laughs> yeah. Kansas made the decision that they did. It made sense at the time, given some of the stories and the backlash that was coming out. But, uh, boy, it has not aged well, the decision to get rid of Mangino. Yeah, there's a real power struggle there between uh, Mangino and the AD at the time. Lou Perkins. Wow, I read a story on that a few months ago. Uh, Lou Perkins was looking, I mean just looking, for a reason to fire Mangino, even during the year they won the Orange Bowl. He wanted to get his own guy in, and he wanted to look like the smartest guy on campus. Uh, One more. We all love Bob, but where would he rank? Bob, to me, is, I think you can argue Bob, top 10. I mean, I think he's certainly top 15. Won the one national championship, but if you factor in the longevity, I mean, the real longevity, I think that that's Bob Stoops' best, uh, best point, right? All the national championship games that he played in, and every single year, since 2000, every single year, OU rolled into the season as a national title contender. Right? I mean, we, we good with that? So you can get caught on, well, he just won one national championship. I think you've got to look at how many conference championships he won and how many national championship games he was in. And then also the 2015 college football playoff. I'd I, I put Bob Stoops in the top ten. And you think about what he inherited when he took over Oklahoma to immediately within two years win a national championship at OU and really sort of reinvent the program and himself twice in his tenure at Oklahoma. I mean, this thing, we forget how bad 2014 turned out and kind of what it felt like around here, the direction of the program at that particular juncture in time. It had gone stale over a course of four or five seasons, and 14 was really kind of the bottom dropping out. And then he made the necessary changes, though – the Lincoln-Riley situation obviously has not uh, turned out great the way that he's remembered around here. That was a perfect decision at the time for the program. So you you got to credit Bob Stoops for that. He's surefire top 15 for me. I'd have to really sit down and think about and chart out where everybody is for me to try and pin down an exact number. It'd be hard for me, though, to not have Bob in the top 15. I, I think you've got to give a lot of credit to the quick rise that he had as well because similar point as to what, what I made about Kansas State, you know, I respect Baylor and Dave Aranda for what they've been able to do in such a short amount of time. Year two, Josh, he won a Big 12 championship. But at the same time, the Big 12 is very gettable right now outside of Oklahoma. It's not the strongest conference. But when Bob showed up in 1999, the Big 12 was the best conference, man. Nebraska was rolling. Kansas State was having its best teams in program history. Texas was really getting it going under Mac Brown. Um, A&M, I mean, fringe top 25 team year in and year out. Colorado was good. Oklahoma State starting in 2002 really was starting to get it going. You get the point. Like, it, 
there's no arguing it for me. The Big 12 was the best conference when Bob Stoops showed up. And to be able to crack through in that conference in such a short amount of time, I, I think there's a lot to be said about that. Not just getting Oklahoma back, but getting Oklahoma back in a premier conference when so many other programs had it going on in just two years. That, to me, is top ten head coach worthy. On Aranda, there's there's no green October, right, in, in today's day and age in the Big 12. It's amazing what Bob Stoops did as quickly as he did. And I've said it I, I don't know how many times on this station and on these airwaves. It is such a crime that Bob Stoops finishes with one national championship. He, he was so far removed from what Mac Brown was at Texas. The head-to-head results show that. And yet – because he never got that elusive second national championship, played for it a bunch, yeah. played for it a bunch, take your pick whether it was the LSU game or the Florida game. I've always said it was the Florida game for me that feels like that's the title that got away from Oklahoma and uh, from Bob Stoops. But Bob was closer to, in that moment, his contemporaries, Nick Saban, Urban Meyer, he was closer to that, and Pete Carroll. He was closer to those guys keeping that company than he was Again, a, a Mac Brown, and it's frustrating that he finishes with the one. I think he was about eight months away from winning national championship number two. I've had this take, and I've said it. I think if Bob Stoops comes back for that 2017 season, I think OU at least gets to the national championship game. I think there's a great chance that they win it in 2017. Because, you know, Bob let Lincoln do, for the most part, what he wanted to do, calling plays. At least I, I felt that way. Um, he trusted Lincoln Riley. He gave him the offense. He said, hey, man, I, I, I trust you. Go, 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 go get it. And I don't know this for certain, but I'm going to guess when Lincoln wanted to run the speed option to the near side with the backup quarterback or the jet sweeps late when the running game had been working so well, I just have a feeling that Bob Stoops gets in the headset late and says, yeah, let's run the football here with Rodney Anderson. How about that? Let's not get too cute here. His, that, that's been my theory for His a while. experience in that type of environment in big games to be able to keep Lincoln Riley from doing what ultimately Lincoln Riley and Oklahoma did in that game. Parker uh, chimed in and said, sleeper answer, look at Oregon State's history before Dennis Erickson got there. Dennis Erickson, top five head coach, Parker? Is that what you're pitching me? I think um, Oregon State won the 2000 Fiesta Bowl over Notre Dame. The, thinking of Oregon State doing that, yeah. it's, it's like, what? It's like Kansas winning the Orange Bowl. It's, it's like, is, come on, you're, you're joking with me. That didn't really happen. Um, speaking of national championships, big story is OU softball is two wins away. And, you know, it, it's, it's something that we haven't talked a lot about, Josh, but the expectations were crystal clear coming into the softball season. Whether it was fair or not, anything less than a national championship – was not only going to be a disappointment, but it was going to be viewed as a massive disappointment for this OU softball team. Everything they have coming back, everything that they have coming in, this team is just destined to win the national championship. We've seen that a lot of times in sports, right? Oh, man, just anoint this team the title. Why are we even playing the season? They're going to win the championship. That's what it felt like the expectations were for OU softball. Dude, so much easier said than done. And to have those incredible expectations on you and then live up to every single one of them where you completely dominated the regular season you started number one and you go to the championship series still ranked number one 
Um, they made it look easy, and that's probably why we haven't talked a lot about it, because they make it look so easy. But just the incredible amount of pressure that's been on this team and been on Patty Gasso, the fact that they're here and two wins away from winning a championship, I, I don't want people to lose sight in just how spectacular this run has been up to this point this year. And if, and if they finish it off like I think they're going to, dude, you, you can't say enough about that program. And it's not been adversity-free. I, I just think about the health situation that Kinsey Hansen has been kind of dealing with all season long. She's not been 100% throughout this 2022 season. Jordy Ball, Oklahoma lost its ace of this staff for a good portion of the the final months of this season into the postseason. In what happened for Oklahoma, they found – well, not that Hope Troutwine and Nicole May had not been dominant in their own rights before that, but that's that's not an insignificant blow for this team to sustain heading into the postseason, the type of emotional effect that that could have had on this Oklahoma team. Instead, this team yeah. obviously responded. Don't need to spend a ton of time on it, but the Donahue situation, whatever happened there, that was not a distraction for this OU team. So it's not been totally adversity-free to get to this championship series with the type of expectations that clearly have surrounded this team. I mean, it's like, you know, you're with your buddies, and you look up, and in the sixth inning, they're up 2 to nothing, and everyone's saying, God, what's wrong with them today? They're only up 2 nothing in the sixth inning? It's like these unrealistic ex- expectations that they're just supposed to score 15 runs every single game. And granted, most games it feels like they have scored 15 runs. But just to live up to those incredible lofty expectations, a lot easier said than done. A lot easier said than done. All right, keep those texts rolling in on the Air Coverage Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. It is the ref. We are the Homo Sooner fans. Cavens Construction bringing you hour number two of the rush live on the ref. Cavens tell you all the time, but they can do it all. Roofing, maintenance, environmental, commercial maintenance, they got that. 24-7 emergency repairs. If for some reason the storm really messed up your house, uh, call Cavens. They can help you out. They're on call 24-7. 405-573-3048. Tulsa, 918-282-7612 or CavensConstruction.com. Um, answer me something, if you wouldn't mind. Why is everyone making a big deal or acting like it's weird that Tom Brady uh, DM Jocelyn Allo. I actually thought that that was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I don't know. For people to take it to the place that it was inappropriate somehow for Tom Brady to – How is that inappropriate? If you just it's, leaving it's her not. a nice no- – I mean, that's not inappropriate at all. Right. <laughs> if it was inappropriate, I think we probably would have right. found out Yeah, like, I don't know exactly what was said, but I don't get the feeling here that he sent anything appropriate to Jocelyn Allo. It sounds like it was just from one goat to another. Hey, you're, you're awesome. Keep it up. No, it was – It was. Uh, it's going to be difficult for me to say this. It was a classy, oh, no. classy oh, move no. from Tom Brady. Oh. And it was pretty cool, man. Or did he send her a DM on how to cheat in the uh, championship series? Because we know that uh, Tom Brady likes to you know, cheat when the games are at the highest stakes. Well, uh, if you're really wanting to get a couple extra rings, here's how you do it. <laughs> Deflate that softball a little bit more. You'll add five feet when you score a one. No, I thought, I thought that was cool that he took the time to do that. Obviously, Tom Brady's niece Maya Brady was was terrific the other day against Oklahoma so that was part of the reason that he was tuned into what was going on but he didn't have to do that he took the time to acknowledge the greatness that is Jocelyn Allo so to me it was 
not much more than that, right? It was yeah. just a nice gesture from somebody that is regarded as the greatest quarterback in the history of the National Football League. Uh, text line from the 918 with all those performance thus far in the Women's College World Series, Texas will not pitch to her. Your take? I don't hate that take, but it's totally dependent on the situation. Like we talked about Jada Coleman earlier in the show. If she continues to get on base, if she hits a leadoff double, well, I mean, I guess if if Jada Coleman hits a leadoff double tonight, first base is open. I mean, you don't want, you know, Josh, you can at least, I guess, live with losing the championship series if you don't let Jocelyn Allo single-handedly beat you. I, I don't hate the take at all that Texas is just saying, all right, oh, you can beat us, that's fine. We're just not going to let Allo have seven RBIs in one game like she did on Monday. But that's totally dependent on the situation. You can't walk Jocelyn Allo if the bases are loaded like she's come up with a couple times so far. Um, but if Texas has the opportunity to intentionally walk her, I, yeah, I'm going to guess that they probably take that. Be careful how you set up T.R.A. Jennings. I, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it's not it as though. It sounds good in theory, but. And not, not too long after that, you got Grace Lyons in the order too. So it's with this OU lineup, it makes taking that approach even more difficult than it would be with sluggers in years past. It's just there's so much firepower in this Oklahoma lineup that it's tough to give Jocelyn Allo a free bag, especially, at, okay, you know, those early season tournaments when you're out in Hawaii and every pitcher is scared to be the one that allows Allo to break the home run record, and there's really not a lot at stake beyond that. Oklahoma's expected to win those games. It, it makes it easier to make the decision to not pitch to Jocelyn Allo. If you turn around and Jada Coleman singles and all of a sudden you turn around and just immediately intentionally walk Allo and T.R.A. Jennings hits a three-run bomb on you, okay, well, now you're playing in a three-to-nothing hole. Yeah. So, it, I mean, T.R.A. Jennings, Jocelyn Allo, and Hope Troutwine are my three favorites right now to win Women's College World Series MVP. So, like you're saying with Jennings, you can walk Allo. That's fine. Um, but Jennings is on a tear herself right behind her in the order. And essentially what you're doing – I mean, if, if Jocelyn Allo's the best hitter in college softball right now, and Michelle Smith, ESPN college softball analyst, if you don't want to take it from me, that's fine. Michelle Smith came on this very radio program – uh, a little over an hour ago, and she said she's calling the game tonight for ESPN, so Michelle Smith knows what she's talking about. She said she's the best college softball hitter that she's ever seen. So if Jocelyn Allo's number one, I think Tiari Jennings might be the second best hitter in college softball this season. So all you're doing in that point, at that point is just putting someone on base for the second best hitter in, in college softball this season. Yeah, the, the problem, again, I mean, that's the problem for Texas is there's just not a good answer when you have Jada Coleman leading off and then Allo and Jennings right behind her. I mean, are you kidding me? You're going to set up T.R.A. Jennings potentially with two runners on base? Good luck. I think Texas should be picky about when to pitch and where to walk Allo. They are Texas, though, so who knows. It is a pretty arrogant uh, organization down there. They probably uh, just – they'll probably uh, walk uh, T.R.A. Uh, not- Jada Coleman to get to Allo. That's that's how uh, overconfident they are, Josh. And Allo will hit one about 300 feet on him, most likely. That'd be okay. <laughs> totally fine with that approach from Coach White. Yeah. Um, which, interesting story with him and Jocelyn Allo, by the way, right? What, he was at Oregon, 
And Jocelyn Allo was committed to Oregon, took a visit to Arizona State or Arizona, and then what Mike White told her, that she didn't have a scholarship left anymore. That's, is that the exact story that I saw yesterday? Is that one of the worst recruiting stories in the history of recruiting? Yeah. Meanwhile, I saw a video on Patty Gasso where she was like, yeah, I want her once she uh, saw her in person. This girl can hit. And again, as Michelle Smith told us earlier, best hitter she's ever seen in college softball. And Michelle Smith knows what she's talking about, and she's seen a lot of college softball. I was – um, I, I don't disagree with the take, obviously. I agree with the take. I was a little surprised, though, I guess, that she just came outright and said, yes, absolutely. Just because Michelle Smith has seen that many great college softball hitters, and you could tell Josh that she's thought about it before. She said, yeah, there's been some great hitters, but I think Jocelyn's number one. It was um, – Matter of fact, yeah, no, like no, no dancing around with the question. You're right. She, she felt pretty strongly that it is Jocelyn Allo. It makes that statement easier to say when she's coming on the come, you know, coming on the heels of a game where she had seven ribbies. You know, yeah. two home runs, one's that's, a grand that's, slam. That's true. Hey, let me sneak in some college football real quick before we uh, we hit the break. Um, the over under is one and a half. On this, all right? And I'm going to take the under. Tell me if you agree with me or not. I think in terms of repeat conference winners this year in college football for the Power Five, I think that there is going to be under one and a half teams who repeat as conference champs from last year. The the conference champions from last year, Alabama won the SEC, Baylor won the Big 12, Utah won the Pac-12, Pitt won the ACC, and Michigan won the Big 10. I'm saying Alabama is the only team in that group that repeats as conference champs. I like Oregon out of the Pac-12. I like OU in the Big 12. I like Clemson in the ACC and Ohio State in the Big 10. Agree I, or disagree? No, I totally agree. I, I, I totally agree. I really don't see Michigan winning the Big 10 again this year. Um, Pitt losing Jordan Addison. I, I don't see Pitt winning the ACC. No, Clemson will win the ACC. Baylor could win the, the Big 12, especially if Blake Shapin exceeds expectations. Um, I think expectations right now are pretty high for him, but it's not crazy to think that Baylor wins the Big 12. It's not crazy to think that Utah wins the Pac-12. I think that they're right there neck and neck with Oregon as one and two. But, yeah, I think Bama's the only one that repeats as conference champs this year. I agree. But I don't think it's crazy to think that maybe Alabama doesn't repeat. Ooh, if not Bama, who? Georgia? Yeah. I am worried about the championship hangover for Georgia. A little bit. A lot, actually. And that's a fair criticism. It's a fair criticism. And Stetson Bennett being a The a difference in quarterback play between the two is a gigantic goal. Yeah. No, it is for sure. Air Coverage Solutions text line 405-651-3439. We'll close up hour number two of The Rush coming up next. It is the rush live on the ref. Tyler McComas, Josh Helmer inside the Brown O'Haver studio. How about we give away some concert tickets? You want to give away some concert tickets? We've been doing that uh, Monday and Tuesday of this week. We're going to have one lucky winner every single day for two tickets to Rocklahoma, September 2nd through the 4th. Corn, Shine Down, Five Finger Death Punch, Whoa. Evanescence, Megadeth, Seether, Three Days Grace, and a whole lot more. Yeah, that's a pretty good lineup there. Big time band. Skillet's going to be there. So yesterday, um, I asked for your favorite Shine Down song. Uh, to, to find the winner. Today, um, first person to text me your favorite Seether song, 
651-3439. Going to win two tickets to Rocklahoma on September 2nd through the 4th. I will say that the correct there is a correct answer here. I, I will, uh, if you're first, I'll pick you regardless of whatever Seether song you say. But Remedy is the right answer here, in, in case you're wondering what the best Seether song Remedy is. Remedy is so, strong. Um, you may play to the judge here, whatever you want to do. But first one, 405 651 Uh College football's winning its programs versus top 25 opponents. I read that story earlier today. OU is in the top five. OU, what, what was funny though, OU is 2-2 two and two last year against top 25 opponents, and Bob Stoops had to come in and get one of those top 25 wins. Half of OU's top 25 wins last year came when uh, Bob Stoops was the head coach. Good job. Good job. Lincoln, really really coming in clutch last year. I'm trying to figure out the top 25 team that Lincoln beat. I guess Texas was was Texas top 25. They had that one loss to Arkansas, I think, when they got destroyed in Fayetteville. But I think Texas may have been a, a fringe top 25 team. Yeah, I'm thinking back to who who would it who else would it have been? It's the only one I can think of. Because you didn't play a uh, super tough schedule last year. Yeah, Iowa State. For, fortunately, actually, Iowa State definitely would not have been. Nebraska wasn't. Yeah, I guess I guess it would have been. Texas. Like we, we remember team. We remember Texas as the team that was five and seven last year, but I feel like they were barely in the top twenty-five uh, once the once the season started. Did someone say? Uh, Yes, heart shaped box, big Seether fan. Got to go with heart shaped box. That's pretty funny. I want to give that person two tickets just because that made me laugh. But they were not the first one to respond, unfortunately. <laughs> that of still, course is a still really funny. song, yes. ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, for those that don't know, it still it still made me laugh though. That's that's pretty good. Yeah, uh, I'll pick out a winner uh, during this break, and we're going to be giving away two more tickets tomorrow, and then two more tickets on Friday to Rocklahoma, September second through fourth. Uh, one of the winners from this week is going to get the VIP hookup, so that's pretty cool. Hey, if you missed the uh, Michelle Smith interview from earlier in the show. We are going to replay that at 5.30, so be tuned in for that. Got great analysis on this championship series. We'll talk more softball coming up next right here on The Ref for the Homeless Suitor fans.